Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We are the twice-weekly podcast dedicated to celebrating the radio show turned podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. On Fridays, we bring you an appreciation piece from shows past. We just put up our friend Phyllis's favorite clip from the October shows she's listened to over the many years. But this is Monday, so it's time to recap the previous week's TVTL. My name is Mike Frizzell, and I'm in Kyle, Texas. And I can't do it all by myself, so I've rallied two people here on the extensive I-35 corridor in the middle of this great country, which we're going to make even greater again, I'm sure. The first of which is a few hours up the road in Dallas, and that's Meredith all the way Mayhan. Hello, Meredith. Hi, Mike. And from Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, is Ann Lundholm. Hello, Ann. Hello, the Stick of Butter kitchens have been cooking. Really? What do we got going up there? I just made my dad a peach pie. I may have made some mystery bars that may be arriving at people's doorsteps <laughs> in the near future. Mm. And I've got an apple plum cobbler on tap for today. Goodness. Wow. Now, is it, does the Stick of Butter Studios fire up when the weather turns a little cooler so you don't, not enduring like hot, hot temperatures inside and outside the house? No, that's what air conditioning is for. So you're year round. You, oh, you, yeah. You don't take breaks. Oh, heck no. Well, I, I look forward to hearing in various chats where those mystery bars end up, <laughs> for sure. But I guess the peach pies end up in your dad's craw sometime uh, this afternoon. Already there. It's already in there. Okay, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Uh, so today's show, we have a little LRB business. Um, of course, we'll do the weekend review. We have some housekeeping, and we'll tell you how to get involved with the show if you want to be on uh, one of the Friday shows. We don't have too much business today. Um, I told my story last week about how my foot, uh, was amputated. Uh, I had a Charco foot. It sounds way cooler <laughs> than it is. And, uh, it had to go. And this, um, I had to wear a cast for about two and a half weeks. And, uh, the reveal, uh, we were going to take the cast off and see if I needed to like recast it because it needed to be kept completely, um, pristine you know you can't when you have all these stitches and and no sorry um staples you can't be bumping it against anything you know it has to just be completely undisturbed and in having a cast a huge cast really as almost as wide as it was long on your leg on your stump um trying to go to the bathroom um trying to sleep on your side trying to do a lot of the things that you would normally like to do were really difficult so i was really rooting for no recasting. And um, luckily, there was no recast. Uh, the appointment was on Wednesday. Um, I made a pretty huge mistake in not taking any pain medication before this appointment because I'd been pretty much down to very little pain medication because the the thing's healing and it's inside this giant cast and it never gets disturbed. So, you know, how much pain is there? There's a little bit of pain and sometimes I would take something, but, you know, I was down to... On that day, I was taking no pain medication, not thinking about they're taking this thing off and now everyone's going to be messing with it. It's going to be bumping against things and doing stuff. So they take it off and most of it looks good and they take uh, more than half of the staples out, I think. Some of you have seen a picture of it. Um, It's pretty gruesome, but still looks, you know, most of it looks pretty good for what it is. And But there's a trouble spot. But luckily, they, you know, they're saying, well, we'll just, we'll let it go. We won't recast it. And if this spot, um, this spot could turn into really beautiful new skin or it could turn into, you know, a bigger trouble spot and we'll have to do a graft, 
which is an outpatient thing. You know, it'd be another surgery, but not as serious as the surgeries have had. So they're they're pulling these uh, staples out, and boy, does it! Every third one feels like it's pulling like leg hair out. And it's just pinching, oh. and it's feeling pretty bad. And I have no one's touched this thing for weeks. And you know, they have to wrap it, and the doctors, everyone's picking it up and looking at it, and I got to lift it up, and um, it's uh. It's turning into a real pain situation. And uh, so re-wrap, we, you know, we get out of there. And but the problem is the doctor is up in North Austin, on the north side of Austin, which is not too hard to get to in the afternoon, but very difficult to get home from. So the, we ended up in the car for maybe an hour and a half, two hours, you know, on our what should be a 30-minute drive home. And I'm feeling every bump, every Every little turtle in the road just is excruciating. So I haven't felt pain like that in a while. So when I got home, I, I medicated myself pretty well for a couple of days. But uh, we'll see. We're going back Wednesday, and um, a lot of this stuff is going to slough off, and we'll see if it's good skin and we can just continue on. Maybe I can get a compression sock or something and get get started on the stump shaping, as they like to say, um, medical in the medical field, stump shaping. <laughs> well, I, I wish you the best with your stump, and uh, I hope you continue to send us pictures. I, I showed Duff the picture of your stump, and he said, that looks like a fake prosthetic you'd use for a Halloween costume. Yeah, it does. It's, it's like a makeup <laughs> job or something like There's that. There's a yeah. comical but, amount of staples in it. Well, I think that the picture that uh, Emily, that, that one that Emily took was before they took out most of the staples. Mm. Uh, on the right side of my leg, they left... Um, some staples in because it's still not quite there yet. So yeah, the, all the staples were still in it. So it did look like uh, a Frankenstein type situation. Yeah. <laughs> not not like unhealthy skin. It's, it was you know mm -hmm. it all looked pretty good over there. Yeah. But yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> so what what they what they do um, is they you know I you guys know this by now, but uh, they they take skin from the back of your leg and they stretch it over the stump and then they stitch it up along the front. So it's just this flap from, from side to side, like a big crooked smile, you know, and, and everything's healthy underneath and in the back. But what you have to worry about is the healing that's happening, you know, up front where the, where the uh, staples are. So that's what's happening. And, and when they, when they first pulled it out at the doctor's office and I'm looking down and I haven't, I hadn't been dealing with much pain, but for some reason looking at it, even before they started really messing with it, I started to feel pain because I was, it got, it gets real. Mm -hmm. So your mind just says, oh, you should be in some pain. So this isn't right. <laughs> what is this? Yeah, here, here's some pain. Uh, and then they start messing with it and you go, oh yeah, that's real pain. And then, um, so I stopped looking at it cause it just seemed a little gruesome to me. Um, even though the pictures, you know, were not as gruesome as it was in my mind at first. So I stopped looking at it, but then I started looking at Emily and she was making faces and that wasn't helping me either. <laughs> she had these faces going like, what's that face? Oh, you know, oh, this is not going well from that face. So it's really just the, it's just the staples is it all, is all it is. You know, yeah. the wound is, is no big deal, but looking at the staples is stomach churning. It's kind of Frankenstein-esque. Yeah. My brother yeah. was in a, a bad car accident when he got hit by a car a few uh, years ago, and they did 
the whole emergency surgery incision down the center of his chest thing. And uh, my mom texted some pictures uh, when they first got to California to the hospital. And I did not realize that that was what was going to come up on my mm-hmm. phone. And I went, oh, Lord, <laughs> and my stomach twisted. Now, are y'all up? I mean, Meredith, you said you and Duff are up for the pictures. And are you like up for them just as long as they're not a surprise? Oh, it's fine. Yeah. Totally fine. No no big deal. Because uh, I think Phyllis was the one who had the pictures because she was talking to Emily earlier that day. She had just one picture, and but, you know, we gave a lot of trigger warnings. Right. Before it went up <laughs> Here it comes, everyone. <laughs> right. Because I know some people are, you know, not as down with that kind of thing. They'll get the mayonnaise coughs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the mayonnaise cough. <laughs> um. So the only other piece of business I had on here was the Jesus Creek Mysteries, All the Great Pretenders. I have not yet um, uh, listened to this, but is it a book that you read or listen to or both? It's a Kindle. It's a Kindle book that you read. Okay. It's a reading. Yeah. Okay. And you guys have both read this book? No, I've downloaded it, but I haven't. <laughs> I haven't bit the bullet yet. I'm part of the way through it. It's an it easy read. It doesn't sound it's, like you're going to make it. It's, it's an easy read. Not a great book. And I have a lot of other things to read, so it's been at the back of the queue, but I'm going to get on it. Okay. Yeah, I also just downloaded Tig Notaro's book, so I'm really a lot more motivated to read that mm-hmm. instead of this, but I'll Speaking get Speaking of it. some gruesome stitches. Yeah, no kidding. Huh? <laughs> she, she, she brought that stuff right to the forefront, so yeah. I'm, not, I'm not doing anything. I'm not breaking any ground in a stupid chat with a stump picture, so <laughs> Tig Notaro, she's brave. Uh, I guess we get on to the weekend review then. And you, do you have Monday for us? I do. Monday, uh, 2220 White Spot Diamond Boat. Uh, and we start with a quick mention that uh, Burbank Springs now has a pet door that Olive goes in and out of with no problem, but that Rudy can't figure out. Oh. I know. It's kind of a sad picture, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we have, we've had, um, uh, we had to teach our dogs. I think I, the dogs didn't have a dog door when I moved down here. And one of them was slower than the other. But if you put some delicious food right outside the dog door, you know, it's not hard for them. They will figure mm-hmm. that out. Something meat-based right outside the dog door. They'll figure it out immediately. Yeah, we have... So our dog Molly is 11. She's getting old and she's getting a little less steady on her feet. And I worry about her jumping up into my car. She loves to ride in the car, but it's kind of a jump mm-hmm. for her. You know, it's hard for her to get up and down. And I'm, I, I'm worried about her, you know, spraining or breaking a, a, a leg jumping out of the car. So we're considering getting a, uh, a ramp for her. Mm-hmm. And we were a little worried because she can be skittish about those things. It's like, I wonder if she'll even use it if we get one. Um, and then I thought, well, we've been using pork chops for Eddie to train him. So we, we, I, I steam a pork chop in the pressure cooker and cut it into tiny little pieces and put it in my bait bag. And that's what we use to motivate him when he's at school. He needs mm-hmm. something really delicious, uh, there to, to make him pay attention. And, and whenever Molly notices I'm making these pork chops up, she's like, huh? What can I, can I get? <laughs> yeah. Maybe a little bit of that. So I was like, oh, we can just shape. And, and at, at training, they call it shaping. So you're shaping her to do something that you want them to do by bribing them when they do it and continually building from there. It's like we could totally just use the techniques we've learned in puppy school to shape her to the ramp. So I think that's what we're going to do. And I, I'm certain you could do the same thing with a dog door. Yeah. 
Yeah, anything anything meat based, they will they will do anything to get. She loves hot dogs too. Yeah, and she's been a good girl for eleven years. Yeah, let's give her a little (laughs) treat. Uh, Andrew is feeling Tony Rizzoli this morning. He's irritated by an email that he won't tell us uh, the contents of, which really irritates me. If he's going to allude to how (laughs) annoying it is, he better share it. Yeah. And Luke is uh, returned from Winthrop where he completed the surprise half marathon. Um, and that's also annoying that he had such an easy time of it after being so cavalier about, oh, I'll just run a half marathon. The <laughs> fact that he seemed to accomplish it with apparent ease is very annoying to me. Mm. But well, he, he did take almost two hours. So that's just above a walking pace. So yeah, I'm but not... he would still qualify for the Boston Marathon at that pace. You would just he? have to do it in under four, right? Well, well, that pace, yes, but I, I don't think he could go another 13. I mean... Well, no. I don't think he could make it. Let's just say it's faster than I would run a half marathon. Oh, well, so, I mean, look at me. I mean, I could... <laughs> I would actually wheel right past him is the thing. I would... Uh, but he, he seems to practically want to move to Winthrop because he talks about it in such mm-hmm. glowing terms and... Uh, how his plan worked out so perfectly that he ran the half marathon and went down to Three Finger Jacks, ordered a shot of Jameson and a beer, and watched the fourth quarter of the Seahawks game. So <laughs> seems like it was a pretty good experience for him. Mm-hmm. And Andrew says he needs to write a good review for his Phoenix Hotel, which he, I believe he got the name of it wrong already. I'm like, how do I know that it's called the San Carlos and Andrew can't come up with that? And he stayed there, but he needs to write a good review for it to uh, balance the negative review that he wrote for the Ace Hotel in LA. And he says he tried not to leave a flamey one, again, the same... um way that he tried to be positive in his review for the Euro place. So, of course, I went and looked it up. Not that hard to find the review from AW in Seattle, Washington. And the Mm -hmm. review is, wow, what a horribly designed hotel room. You'll pay a lot for the trendy hipster backdrop and quirk. OMG, there's a guitar in every room. But you'll be sad mm-hmm. when you realize that the toilet is in a tiny black closet next to the bed with a sliding door that doesn't close all the way. This is a real relationship tester. The designers put much effort into creating an Instagram-friendly scene but did not think about towel hooks, proper shelving, space management, or any of the small things that make living spaces work. It was very uncomfortable. Also, we had to call the front desk three times to get housekeeping to clean our room. They finally showed up around 6 p.m., Everyone was friendly, though, and we appreciated that. Hmm. I wonder if they charge, like, if you take the guitar down and play it, like it's like the mini bar. Like, oh, There's a sensor. Knows you ten minutes. It. Ten minutes. He played with that guitar. Oh, it's twenty four dollars. Oh, wah wah. Moving on. Uh, Luke says that if anybody sent an email to the TBTL email account. Recently, it has gone out into the ether because he he lost his debit card, so he didn't pay the GoDaddy bill. GoDaddy shut down their account. I mentioned this on this show like two weeks ago. I know. He knew this was going to happen. He didn't do anything about it. He's not motivated. He doesn't want that email. So, For God's sakes. 
And then he gets into a whole thing about how, uh, he just, when the account was restored, he just deleted all of his email messages because, uh, his inbox was over capacity and how bad he is at email organizing. So I don't know. Have either of you ever just pushed the button and made them all go away? Cause I don't think I could ever do that. In my inbox, but I, I really appreciate Gmail's archive function. There are certain emails that I need, you know, warranty information, and I, I don't want to delete everything because of that. But I, I try to keep a pretty clean inbox. And with work, I'm really vigilant about it because I kind of use my inbox as a to-do list. Mm-hmm. So when I have emails, it means I haven't addressed it or I have a project that I still need to work on. And when the project is over, I put them in a done folder. Um, so if I, if, if that got out of control, I wouldn't even know what to do. Yeah. I, I'm along those lines too. I'd like to keep my inbox clean. Everything that's in there is probably something that needs to be dealt with. Yeah, yep. exactly. So I guess the upshot of this is if you emailed Luke recently and he hasn't gotten back to you, don't bother emailing yeah. him again. Cause he's still not going <laughs> to read it and he's not going to get back to you. Nope. Just right. You shouldn't Andrew. have even sent that email in the first place. Right. So nope. if there's any way to just pull it back. Uh, at this point, uh, Luke makes a very nice, very heartfelt pitch for our GoFundMe campaign for Mike and Emily. And I don't know how much we need to talk about that because everybody who's listened to this show knows what's going on. But he said some really nice things about uh, what a, uh, an important part of the show uh, Mike and Emily have been. And it was... Uh, it was nice to hear that, and it was nice to hear him say how much it would mean to him personally if people would contribute to the campaign. So thank you very much, Luke, and thank you very much, Andrew, for all the great things that you said. And thank thank you all of you for donating. We're at 17471 right now as we record on Sunday morning, so that is amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I can tell you all how, what happened on Monday night. Um Somebody sent the timestamp to me of, you know, the show came out and someone sent the timestamp of when Luke was starting to talk about us and the campaign, which I had only very recently found out was going to happen. I don't know if it was a day or hours or whatever before um, Emily was playing this for me in the living room and I was a mess. I was, <laughs> uh, it was raining all over my face. It was, there was a isolated thunderstorm in the living room <laughs> all over me. So it was really touching and really nice. And I tried to go back and listen again. I had to stop it because I started yeah. crying like I'm crying now. So mm-hmm. how's Ginger doing? <laughs> Ginger gets really upset because, uh, because Emily doesn't really, you know, cry she's not like super emotional like that so when someone just starts busting out crying ginger's really sensitive to that and she just comes over and just wants to make everything better and uh but being a a golden retriever mix and not very smart she has no idea how to make anything better (laughs) just just put her head on your lap and try that's all she needs to do yeah yeah does help thank you yes i second all of that we had a lot of fun planning behind your mm-hmm. back yeah for quite a oh, long time God. actually yep <laughs> oh that talk about crying also that the stuff that you guys said um when you snuck that insert into last monday's recap that destroyed me so uh <laughs> it was a i was exhausted on monday night 
I feel like we need to apologize for making you cry so much. (laughs) (laughs) Because here's the thing, like the two things exhaust me, actual physical exercise and then crying. And I, luckily I didn't have any physical therapy on Monday because I cried pretty much wall to wall uh, (laughs) on Monday and I was exhausted. I slept really well on Monday night. Well, good. I think you needed it. Let it out. (laughs) Yeah. Well, on to the other good news of the day. The really, really amazing, wonderful thing is that Luke was listening to Norm MacDonald eating on the Corolla (laughs) show, and it was so horrifying to him that he has pledged to stop eating and drinking on the show. Yes. Uh, I'm I'm withholding celebration. (laughs) I'm curious how long this is going to last. Yeah. You don't believe this is real life? Nope. (laughs) This is not forever. No, but at least we got a week. He almost ate, I think, on like Thursday or Friday, yeah. too, I remember. Right. <laughs> it's baby steps. Uh, Andrew is obsessed with the In the Dark podcast, which I also have been listening to. We had a little bit of chat about this last night uh, in our LRB chat, but I recommend listening to In the Dark. If you like serial, if you like true crime podcasts, please do. It's about a very, very, very famous Minnesota case which I guess was not as famous in the rest of the country. But if you have lived in Minnesota in the last 30 years, you know about the Jacob Wetterling case. And it's a really well done, non-exploitative podcast mm -hmm. done with the full cooperation of uh, the Wetterling family. So uh, along with Andrew, I encourage everyone to check that out. Yeah, I just started it and it starts with an interview with his parents, which is just heartbreaking right from the get-go. And it, it is it is gripping. I haven't even finished the first episode, but uh, that's on my to do list for the rest of today. It was um, a really it was a famous case, but that fame has faded. What hasn't faded is it was a really influential case in um, uh, laws right. all over the country. A lot mm-hmm. of a lot of uh, a lot of laws were changed, uh, f- mostly for the better. But you'll find that that's even controversial. If you listen to yeah, this. So. there were some unintended consequences that, that came about from that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and he says, Andrew says that he's also started listening to the WTF podcast with Mark Marin. So what he's about like five years <laughs> behind everybody <Yeah>. else. <laughs> good job, Andrew. He's got, a, he's got a lot of content to burn through. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah. You have to pay for their old stuff though, by the way. Oh, you do? Oh, yes. Oh, no, I won't do that. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's BS. Yep. Uh, top story today is that Kim Kardashian was robbed in Paris. Uh, they took $10 million of her jewelry. They, um, masked men forced the concierge to let them into her room and they had guns and they tied her up and it was very scary. And, uh, Kanye was stateside in the midst of a concert that he cut short in the middle of a song and left. And so let's see. First on the Kanye talk, because always the Kanye talk is first. Uh, Luke really likes how he just got up and left. And my note is way to applaud Kanye for acting like a human being. No, of course he's going to just get up and leave. (laughs) He's not going to finish the show. I don't think that Kanye deserves much patting on the back for this one. (laughs) Nope. But how oh, does he's a human find, being. How did he find out during during a song? I'm sure he's got an earpiece. 
Yes. It does seem a little weird because it, it's a little bit of an explanation that someone would have to do while he's singing. Yeah. Quote, quote unquote singing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't know anything about these people. I don't follow this stuff, but nope. there's a little bit of a bullshit meter <laughs> when you leave in the middle of a song rather than just someone comes out and says Kanye had to leave, you know. After his song, know. yeah. Hmm. That's true. Um, it could and, all be real. It's probably real. I don't care if it's real, but it's no. a little bit of a bullshit mirror. Uh, Andrew is pretty upset about this because he says that uh, because Kim Kardashian is famous, people are taking joy in her misfortune. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how uh, some listeners just have a, a knee-jerk dislike for Kanye, I submit it's not a knee-jerk dislike. It's an actual legitimate dislike. It is not based mm-hmm. on any racial component. It's because he's a giant douchebag is why right. I don't like him. I will. And it's been, a, I mean, a long record of douchebaggery. Yeah. You know, it's not like he just came on the scene. I just don't like him. I just don't, you know, he's he's done a lot to earn whatever dislike people have for him. Kanye is one of those people who thinks that he's really, really deep He's a bright guy, but he thinks that everything that comes out of his mouth is just an amazing statement that needs to be shared with the rest of the world. And it's really not. And I don't care yeah. for that kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. Cause then, cause then you don't even excuse, like when he does something brilliant, you're still like, yeah, yeah, but those are all those other songs that you thought were brilliant aren't brilliant. So you don't appreciate the things that are brilliant because. There's so so much BS that he thinks is brilliant coming out. Yeah. Of mm-hmm. Now, gotcha. Kim, mm-hmm. on the other hand, I have no problem with. Uh, I Me kind of I realize sort of why people really dislike her because she represents a lot of the the things that we value in the society that are I think misguided. You know, physical attractiveness and quest for attention. But when I see her, she seems like a perfectly pleasant person reasonably intelligent and she's always hustling whether it's her dumb tv show or her personal appearances or her book i do question the judgment of the publishers that will give her a book deal and not one of the thousands and thousands of of talented writers but you know that's not her fault she's playing the game i don't think she wrote a thing i think it's just a picture book well Hmm. and if people want to buy that yeah all the more power to her for finding something and harnessing something. So I have nothing against her, and I think that it's really unfortunate and that what happened to her should not happen to anybody. So I guess yeah. I agree with Andrew. Yeah, me too. Uh, in Australia news, which I guess is going to become a thing, uh, there's an article that's going around. I saw it on quite a few different websites in a few different iterations that there's a pilot for the Royal Flying Doctor Service who uh, gave an interview about how sometimes uh, in order to see where to land in remote areas, uh, people will light dunny rolls, i.e. toilet paper rolls, on fire by soaking them in diesel and putting them in empty cans in a row to approximate a landing strip. And uh, this leads into another discussion of New York Times graphics and how somebody, whoever this artist was, just made a picture of a pineapple and that they cut the top off and there was a a toilet paper roll inside of it. And Luke and Andrew are very confused as to whether this is correct because they put them, the article said empty coffee cans 
and or empty coffee and pineapple cans or was it empty pineapple I think and it coffee was, cans? I think that's what yes. it was. Yeah. And so apparently someone at the New York Times thinks that means they put them actually in hollowed out pineapples. Which is ridiculous. Yeah, that is ridiculous. It was absolutely definitely the cans. <laughs> like But Luke and Andrew went around and around on this yeah. for a little while. <laughs> and yeah, the- who hollows out a pineapple anyway? That's not how you <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> And this leads them to um, look up the artist, one Carrie Vanderyacht. Uh, and I looked at her website as well. <laughs> and she seems like a, a reasonably talented graphic artist. And this leads them to talking about uh, what an incredibly white name this is, which leads to the episode title. And that's it for the regular show. I have some thoughts on the no point conversion. Mm. And... I listen very carefully, and here are my thoughts. Seax, 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 huskies, 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 mariners, 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 go Browns. Did I get that right? (laughs) I think that's pretty accurate. I just have a a couple things to add. Um, The the, uh, short story they were talking about was a Herman Melville story called Bartleby the Scrivener. Yes. And, Mm and, it's a pretty good story. I really enjoyed it. I remember reading it and thinking back on it now, how I would uh, summarize that story is it's like Office Space, but without the happy ending <laughs> sure. uh, that we had at, at Office Space. Um, the University of Washington is great again. They crushed the Ducks last night, which I knew they were going to do. Uh, I disagree with Luke in rooting for Washington State outside of any UW context. I... Um, although I hate the Ducks more than any other team on the planet, uh, Washington State is close behind that. And if if you're not on that boat with me, then uh, I hope you drown. Um, <laughs> those are really the only things I had to add to Siak, 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 Huskies, 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 which was the first time I think they've really talked a lot about the Huskies. And then um, – Mariners, 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 which was kind of depressing because they fell out of playoff contention um, over the weekend, and go Browns. So that's all I had. Meredith, you had a lot of notes. Oh, boy. Yeah, I was real enthralled by this. Yeah. It was an hour. (laughs) I hit my head and blacked out and forgot all of my thoughts, though. Oh, okay. Well, that's all right. Then I guess we can go to Tuesday. All right. Tuesday, 22-21. I'm a maker. I'm a taker. I'm a midnight jaker. Uh. We start out wondering what K-Dude was saying in that song. Was there any controversy about this? There has been controversy forever about what K-Dude has been saying in that song. And it's so simple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I, it's clearly 2014. Yeah, he's not saying Super Bowl 24. He's just taking an awkward breath in the middle Wait, of the Which yeah. he does throughout the mm-hmm. whole entire song. <laughs> That's his whole cadence, his, his awkward breaths. He's a... 14-year-old gaming uh, white rapper. So, you know, he's not going to be the, you know, he's not always going to be on time. Yeah. Um, We move on to bed talk. Uh, Olive has been sleeping on top of Luke's head, but then she goes crazy in the night. I can't have cats in my room anymore. I used to, and I had to have sleeping pills. (laughs) It got pretty bad, but I was in denial that it was because of the cats. And when, when, Duff and I got married. He was like, all right, no more cats. And I was like, no, (laughs) 
what do you mean? And I was like, oh, I can sleep now. <laughs> so cats in bed, and uh, it's not a great idea. Um, now, are all cats um, bad companions? No, no, no. I just, okay. I have four, um, and one in particular, Stephen. I think you might know him. Yeah, he's um, a bastard. He is terrible uh, to have in your bed because he wants to, he drools when he purrs. He purrs a lot. So he'll drool on your face. He'll bite my mouth. He'll bite my ears. He'll bite my nose. He'll mm -hmm. bite my eyelids, lick my face until I wake up because he just wants attention. Mm -hmm. uh, so, the you know, Loki, our 16-year-old cat, is awesome. He'll just sleep at the foot of the bed all night long and not move. Um, but I just can't have the door open and I can't lock a cat in my room either. So it's all or nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, they talk about the size of beds, and I can't believe Andrew doesn't know what size his bed is. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's weird. Clearly, he's not the one buying sheets and stuff. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's not really a question in my mind about that. Um, and you put the note about the Cheesecake Factory of podcasts, and I forget where that came from. That was just when they were talking about how long the show was uh, yesterday, the Monday show, right. clocking oh, yeah. in over two hours. I, I think he was making a reference to the length of the Cheesecake Factory menu. <laughs> I oh, would, I thought it was that it's not necessarily good, but there's certainly a lot of it. Oh, maybe that, that too. Yeah, see, that's <laughs> that's where I thought Claim Jumper might have been a better uh, idea because the menu isn't as extensive, but whatever you order, there's just like way too much of it. You get a trough of shit. And by the time you're finished with it, you're ne you know you'll never order it again, whatever it was. It's <laughs> like, I've had so much of this. I don't. I never want to see any of this again. It's like getting getting something you really like at Costco, you know. But I never want to eat another almond again because yeah. I just had to eat fifteen pounds of them. <laughs> um, they talk a little bit about snoring, falling asleep to the TV. Um, who said snoring would be helpful to help you go to sleep? It's not. Uh, <laughs> I don't think <laughs> your partner snoring is like. I mean, I, I, they're breathing, sleep breathing. Is, yeah, is I don't okay. think he's talking about real snoring. I yeah. think he's talking about like little cute, you know, <laughs> snorts. <or whatever>. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I, I'm not much of a snorer, uh, but I have developed this thing over the last couple of years, this old man thing, which I used to see happening with old people. And I was wondering when it was going to happen to me. And that's that you fall asleep almost instantaneously with your mouth just open. <laughs> You know, so you're just sitting there, someone's talking to you, and then they look back five minutes later, and you're just you're sitting there with you, you look dead, you know, like in your, your mouth chair, yeah, right, and in your wheelchair in my case sometimes, and uh, I was like, oh yeah, there's the old man, he's just falling asleep again with his mouth open, but no, not a lot of snoring. I've started to snore a little bit, and this is part of my jaw issues. Uh, it's changed the mm. way that my bottom and top teeth fit together, and so it kind of causes my my bottom jaw to sink back, which closes my wind windpipe a little bit. And so I've started to snore. Duff, luckily, he thinks it's cute. He, mm. he calls me a little potbelly pig, uh, which I don't appreciate the comparison, but he said that's what it sounds like. And at least mm. it's not waking him up, but nothing could wake him up. He sleeps It's like, like a corpse. snuffling at this point. Yeah. Like a, yeah. It's probably cute. Yeah. He thinks but, it's cute. Hey, when it, when, what's the timeline on, on when you're getting the, getting all taken care of? It's November 18. It's a Friday. Okay. Uh, that I'll be having that. That's the the week before Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's just great timing to mm. not be able to eat <laughs> solid oh, food. Oh man, I'm a yeah. little concerned about that windpipe closing part. I know, me too. I didn't know that was a possible side effect, but it started to happen, and that was one of the things that drove me to go see a different doctor. 
Because I was like, well, I don't want this to get worse. I don't want to have to start wearing a CPAP machine. Let's mm-hmm. fix the Talk dog. about sexy. I know. I know. My <laughs> uh, dad Steven would still too. go for you, even he if you would. wore the CPAP. He would kill me by, by, you know, chewing it and pushing it off my face. Oh, sure. And then I would sure. die in the night. Um, anyway, uh, Luke reads a very sweet email from Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've already heard the story about how Ginger was consoling you. Um, and, but it's, it's nice to hear that you won the war of, is it annoying that Luke eats on the air? Oh, because Emily loves it. Emily loves the eating. She loves hearing people eat on the air. I don't know. It's disgusting. I don't know. I've never been able to get a satisfactory explanation because there is none. I don't know. It doesn't bother me at all. I I wouldn't say that I enjoy it. I'm like, yes, almonds, but it doesn't, it doesn't irritate me in the least. Mm, I don't get it. Well, you know, you might, you might both be happy or sad because, you know, Luke said he's going to stop, but Andrew's going to start. Shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Luke said he's not going to watch the vice presidential debates, uh, but that he is annoyed that, that Trump is still in the race. I think we all share those feelings. Did any of you watch the VP debates? I did not. I didn't. No. Um, the, the I'm second sure there was some tonight, football so. being played somewhere in the world that I had to watch instead of the yeah. vice presidential debates. Maybe some Korean uh, three down football. I don't know. <laughs> Anything would be better. Anything. Uh, this leads us into a tangent about opening Al Capone's vault. Uh, I guess they were showing Tommy guns and playing the sounds of lasers. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and sensationally exclaiming that there could be bodies in there. Like how fun. <laughs> I think that happened. I think I watched that. I think I was in college or something and we watched it. Was it was a big deal. It was. I mean, and it was so yeah. lame. There was nothing in there. Super hyped up, and they never even peeked in there to check. They they should have they should have stocked it with something. Yeah, anything. I remember. I remember going. I mean, I mean, I was in. I think I was in college, and I was even taking journalism ethics classes, and still going. They really should have. <laughs> they they really should have <laughs> perked this one up a little. I should have propped this one up with some little help. This was in 1986, and yeah, I was in college. Yeah. I was four, so. Oh, I was living in Switzerland. I guess it wasn't a big deal there. No, no, probably not. There's there's a lot more stuff in vaults in Switzerland, a lot more interesting stuff in vaults in Switzerland than there was in Al Capone's vault. (laughs) Still is. Yep. Uh, Andrew said he was super anxious about the the presidential debate, and he thought he was just going to go for a walk, but he got roped into watching it. I watched it, too. Um it made me a little anxious, but I'm actually looking forward to the one tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found that I couldn't watch it, but I could have the TV on and listen to it. Like I, I, I was on my computer and I had it on the iPad. I was streaming it uh, mm-hmm. next to me so that I could be otherwise occupied because it was upsetting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just felt like I couldn't watch the the facial expressions, but I could listen to the content. Okay, <laughs> that was one right. of the best parts: is the split screen. Oh, yeah, that was so great. I, I'm I'm sure I have the. Have they always done split screen? No, I think that's a, a new thing. And it it fits this so well. Watching his stupid face react to what she was saying was beautiful. Right. And watching her tr- try not to react to whatever yes. stupid thing he was <laughs> saying. But uh, I, yeah, I just watched it at halftime of whatever football game was going on. I watched yeah. like 20, 25 minutes of it. And, and it was entertaining. It was, it was uh, and yeah, a little upsetting as well that this person is still around. Yep. Uh, they talk about the SNL cold open. Um, did you guys watch this? I've li- I just listened to the clips. Okay. Yeah, I watched it a little later. 
yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, they talk about how Hillary did the, the, the cane walkout and then did a flip. That's totally a Willy Wonka thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if they realized that, but they didn't say it. That's how he, uh, you know, that's how he comes out of his factory for the first time for the crowds. Everyone thinks he's a infirm and then he does a, a jaunty little somersault. Um, Trump called Holt jazz man. Uh, that didn't get a lot of play, but I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> and yeah. we talk about how Alec Baldwin has the right physicality to play Trump, which is kind of unfortunate. He does a pretty good Trump. I mean, it's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew thought it was basically a, pl- a play by play of the real thing. Um, but I thought that was the skit strength because the real thing was so crazy. Right. It's like when, uh, Tina Fey first was doing the, the Sarah Palin stuff and she just used the, the Katie Couric interview answers verbatim. Yeah. They didn't have to write anything. The absolute <laughs> ridiculousness of it was what made it funny. Yeah. Um, they don't love the cold opens. I think the best part of SNL is the pre-taped skits, which isn't saying much for live mm-hmm. comedy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but there's u- usually that. I watch every SNL. I still do. I pre- I tape them or I DVR them and I watch them a couple days later. And there's always at least one skit that I'm laughing out loud at throughout. And it's mm-hmm. usually the recorded one. And this last episode that they were talking about, it was the Margot Robbie skit. Um, she plays a sexy librarian. And I was actually just like cackling the whole entire time. <laughs> I, have a, I have a theory on that. And I, I do enjoy those skits probably more than the um, regular skits as well. And I think it's because... They can use editing to, um, to comedy's sake. Yeah. Like, yeah. The editing becomes like the funniest part of the skit, you know, which you can't do with the live skits. So, yeah. And the thing with the Margot Robbie skit, they couldn't have done that live. There's no way. Uh, cause she yeah. transforms from a sexy librarian into this horrifically ugly hag <laughs> and the guy's reactions are just priceless, but they couldn't have mm-hmm. done that live. Right. Um, you just and it was a great it. idea. So it's a different type of comedy, really. Yeah. The other one that sticks out for me is it was last, I think it was last year when Adele's album came out and they, they had a, a family at Thanksgiving dinner and, uh, they, they bust into Adele's hello, uh, in random bits to, to break the tension. And I, I still watch that one and laugh. So that was mm-hmm. another pre-taped one that I loved. Um, we are still doing crazy town level donors. And I just wanted to comment that it's pretty upsetting that Andrew can whisper along with the song <laughs> to where you can't tell who is who. Yeah, he does a good job with that. He really does. I didn't know it was him until Luke pointed it out. <laughs> I thought it was right. in the song. <laughs> I think it's him talking to his remote. Hallmark channel. <laughs> <laughs> Play crazy town. <laughs> Mariners. <laughs> our top story for the day is the outing of elena ferrante um this was kind of an interesting conversation I'm, I'm surprised that luke thought specifically that it was the obligation of the press to expose someone's pen name uh that seemed crazy to me <laughs> yes well i will say that my feminist hackles and i i don't have particularly large feminist hackles but they went up the moment he said, I'll go so far as to call these books literature. Yeah. And I thought, if this was a man, would you use that kind of language? I don't think so. 
No, well, and the other thing is they didn't understand how this could be a, a an issue of feminism, but it totally is because totally. this woman has been her books are very critically acclaimed, and it has been speculated for years that she is a man or a team of men because mm-hmm. it's too good, which is extremely insulting. <laughs> how could a woman possibly write something that good? Yes, that's exactly the message, <laughs> and and it's just driving people crazy. Uh, and so they had to expose her. I think there's absolutely no benefit to exposing her identity. And nope. I think it sucks. She's also threatened for years that if they do that, she'll stop writing. So thanks a lot. Yep. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's only with yeah. that privacy that she feels safe to write the things that she really wants to stay. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, just and, and inevitable this- now, though, that, that people are – everyone is going to get exposed for everything because there's there's always someone who's going to be just so proud of themselves for figuring something out. Mm-hmm. whether they're a journalist or not, that they're going to throw it, they're going to throw it out there. So there's just, I don't yeah. think there's any way to just be private anymore. I know. I think it's really unfortunate. And I think this ties in back with the Kim Kardashian thing, because the, these are two polar opposites of the same issue, in my opinion. So Kim chooses to show everything. Uh, Elena Ferrante chooses to show nothing. Why is that anyone else's business? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Just let them have the level of privacy that they want. This this irritated me too, and my hackles definitely went up. Yep. Um, Luke was saying that he was spying on a closeted Republican congressman on an airplane, <laughs> and he watched him the whole time in case he kissed his aide <laughs> so he could spill the beans, I'm sure. Uh, so, yeah, I, it doesn't surprise me that that was his take on it. Um, I know. He references Banksy. You know, he's very mm-hmm. enamored of Banksy. And now I'm kind of wondering how Luke would feel if Banksy was unmasked. I mean, what would his take be on that, that it was necessary and for the public good or not? Well, he hasn't been unmasked yet, and he's doing a lot more destructive stuff than Elena Ferrante ever did. Mm-hmm. So um, we get an email from Rachel about oh, she was Rachel. at the shower. Oh my God, this is an awful story. She was at a shower. She had to go to the bathroom. She went upstairs away from people, did her stuff. And then the husband of the the couple went up and just started yelling about who destroyed the bathroom, which I agree. I, I have one note you. on this. I, I said, uh, email OPP from Rachel who blew up the bathroom and should blow up a friendship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Screw those people. Don't ever talk to them again. They're monsters. Yeah. Um, my other note was... Who flushes paper towels? No kidding. Do people do that? Mike, have you ever done that? I have not, but I found out um, uh, this was like probably a year and a half, two years ago. Uh, Emily went up to visit Cullen in Denton where he goes to school and there was a roll of paper towels on the counter in the bathroom and the, the guys, you know, he lives with three other guys and they'd run out of toilet paper and there they were with the paper towels and she was like, this is... No. This is not going to end. <laughs> you use Kleenex you if you run out. Remedy of this towel. situation immediately. Well, they don't care about the plumbing. See, I've been a homeowner since 2010, and uh, I care a lot more now about what goes down that pipe because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I did have to dis- I did have to dig up a, a sewer line once, not because of anything we did, but because it collapsed. But it made me very aware of anything that goes in there. Uh, don't flush your paper towels. And that's all I got for Tuesday. Wednesday, 2222, Sperry Mason. Andrew's pretty upset because 
Professor Bananas has been using Andrew's closet as his office, excuse me, as her office, mm. I should say. And she has started to pee in there and she's destroyed at least one of his shoes and probably more. And uh, not being a cat person, uh, Meredith, you're going to have to take us through this one. Yeah. Um, well, we got an email from Bruce, formerly of Lake Stevens, and I agree with everything he said. You have to use nature's miracle. Baking soda is not going to help. Wait, what's uh, nature's miracle? Oh, it's a, it's a line of cleaning products. They have, it's like an enzymatic thing, which tackles the, uh, the odor causing things that's in urine. So it's also good stain remover. They have various kinds. I've, I've become well acquainted with it after having a puppy. Um, so it's, it's a great product. It's the only thing I would use on cat pee. Uh, you also have to put, a litter box where she is going. Uh, I know that's probably not ideal. Nobody wants a litter box in their closet, but it's better than having them pee on your shoes and destroy your carpet. Yeah, he seemed, in a he place seemed you're against renting. that, though. He seemed like he was never going to do that, right? Well, then she's going to keep doing it. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's like, sorry, this is, <laughs> this is your life now. That's what we did with the rabbit. The rabbit had the same habit. He wanted to pee where he wanted to pee. Yeah, and once they've done it once, it's very hard yeah, to so get because the they have better sen- senses of smell than we do. Um, you know, this happened one time. This is another reason we don't let the cats in our room at night because we had Loki, our 16 year old cat in there one night and he got stuck in there overnight and he went on the floor in our bedroom and it was, it took weeks of, of scrubbing it with, with, uh, even the, the best nature's miracle I could find. And then we still had to get the carpet steam cleaned. Uh, it's just really insidious. It's hard to get rid of that smell. And so now we just keep the bedroom door shut. Well, clearly something is going on with Professor Bananas, right? So, yeah, she sounds anxious. Yeah. She sounds like – I'm glad they got her a cave because cats like to inc- be in closed spaces. They like to be in high up places. And so maybe this little cave they got her will help. Yeah, maybe it's just a really delayed reaction to moving or the the field trip that they took or whatever. But Luke's idea is that they should call Jackson Galaxy – and uh, get him on the line and see if he can talk Andrew through the problem. I think he is great advice, but I also think an audio format would be best for him because he looks <laughs> like a crazy person. Oh, I was saying, I mean, why would you want Jackson Galaxy if you couldn't see whatever facial hair or <laughs> he was He also sporting. carries his, uh, his, his kit of cat toys in a uh, guitar-shaped case. Of course he does. Well, I thought Jackson Galaxy cannot possibly be his real name. So I looked it up. Real name, Richard Kirshner. He has mm. um, a master's fine arts in acting. And uh, I guess he just worked at a shelter for 10 years. And that gave him the knowledge base to be able to do this. And so if that's all the training that you need, I, Meredith, you could start selling your services. You have I'm as sure much experience as he does. Probably more. And, but I, you know, I do approve of his, uh, techniques and his advice. He has good advice. He's not, I don't think he's a, a quack. There's no like certification for being a cat whisperer. So. <laughs> I like the, uh, they should play crazy town behind when I'm cat whispering. You know? <laughs> Stop going in the closet. <laughs> and, uh, Luke's idea is that they try to transition Professor Bananas into an indoor outdoor scenario, which I think is pretty ludicrous yeah that's it is. his advice for every cat right now luke because that's what he wants that's to what do. he wants to do and i'm surprised the the stens page didn't explode over this we oh, probably God. we're all worn out 
from the last time we exploded over this, but I, I'd like to go on record by saying that's not a great idea. Uh, mm-hmm. A cat that that's that old, I'm right. I'm not in favor of outdoor cats anyway. Their lives are shorter uh, and violent and gruesome. Right. Uh, they're fine inside if you never let them out. They don't care. They're afraid of the outside as they should be. Um, I I don't think that's the greatest idea. Nope. And, and Andrew says that Professor Bananas is too delicate to be outside. And from yeah, our sounds like it. All of our uh, secondhand observations, that sure seems to be the case to me. I, Theo is one thing, but Professor Bananas is, is not going to make it as an outdoor yeah. cat. There are some cats that are smart and, and scrappy and wily, and they can do it. But I don't think Andrews are those cats. Nope. Uh, today, we are moving on from the Crazy Town donors to the Ked Woodley level donors. And we get to hear... Uh, some coffee lover, which I know that we all appreciate. And Mike, do you love or hate coffee lover? I hate it. I hate it with the fiery hot passion of a thousand suns. Yeah, Andrew says that coffee lover is a net negative as far as he can tell online that people either love it or hate it. And Luke says that it's really grown on him to the point where at least a couple, three mornings a week, uh, they play Coffee Lava in the morning, and that's the Reveille at Burbank Springs. <laughs> and then we get one of the funnier moments of the week, because for his whole life, Andrew has thought that Reveille was actually revelry. So he's been uh, getting the name of the very, 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 very famous trumpet call wrong his whole life. Trumpets played uh, to wake you up at five or six in the morning is quite the opposite of any revelry. <laughs> yeah. No one revels in that. No, no, no one does. <laughs> I was trying to think if I had any word that I had completely misunderstood for my whole entire life. And I just, I don't know, I can't think of one very well. Do either of you have something where you found out and you just thought, oh my God, I am such an idiot? Hmm. I had that. Uh, I get that occasionally with words that I've read because I, I read a lot and hmm. I always have. And so, you know, there's a word you have read a thousand times, but you've never heard it said out loud. And for me, it was epitome. I thought it was ah. epitome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, and then on that one. I, I think many people have this. And I was also confused about biopic. I thought it was biopic. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever said it out loud, but I think when someone, when I heard someone say it right, I was like, oh, that's wrong. Oh, that and then I heard sense. someone else say it right. And I went, Oh, maybe that's not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I remember reading a book once when I was probably nine or 10 and uh, the characters went to a party and they were eating all these things that were called horrors de oeuvres. And I had no (laughs) idea what these horrors de oeuvres were until I was probably, yeah, 17. And I went, oh, hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. Oh, you know, I didn't, I didn't know how to pronounce Hermione, um, until the movies came out. Oh, sure. I can see I that. I'd never I heard think. that name before. I was like, Hermione? What is this? Yeah, Hermione. Yeah. So I guess we can't make too much fun of Andrew for that. No. no. It was just very Well, cute. yes, we can. Well, we can. We will anyway. We can and we will. Uh, top story for today is building your sonic brand. A California Sunday Magazine article by Jack Hitt, who Luke and Andrew are big admirers admirers of. Um, boy, they were into this. They're really into this idea of the sonic brand and using sounds as as indicators. Um, 
designing sounds for companies, for products. They talk about electric cars. And since there's no combustion in the electric cars, then people have their choice of what kind of sounds would accompany them. And they need sounds to accompany a fast-moving, heavy object. And and what are they going to do with that? So um, I read the article. It was pretty interesting. And Andrew quizzes Luke on different sound brands, which he did pretty well on, I thought. That was probably the, I mean, we've had several quizzes in a row where I've just been checked out, but yeah. But this one was like kind of interesting. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And they get a little sidetracked by their discussion of of tritones, which uh, were notated in the article as, oh, they've been called a lot of things, the devil's note, the devil in music. Um, and Luke references, uh, the brown note, he says, is that like the brown note? And I thought, what the hell is that? <laughs> and so I went and <laughs> looked up the brown note and on Wikipedia, it says the brown note is a hypothetical infrasonic frequency that would cause humans to lose control of their bowels due to resonance. So the <laughs> note that makes you crap your pants. <laughs> Attempts, hypothetical? attempts to demonstrate the existence of a brown note using sound waves transmitted through air have failed. <laughs> is this like the military has been trying to do this to make the... make the? So this is just some weirdo fantasy that someone cooked up and they're like, eh, it doesn't work. Yep. Oh, because when I first heard it, I was like, well, maybe it's some some like umami or whatever. It's like right. some note that's just so pleasurable to hear, but it's quite the opposite, I guess. Well, you can break glass, you know, you can break glass mm -hmm. with sound and do all sorts of things with sound. But why, why would you go right to crap your pants? Yeah. Because it's Luke. Uh, how about, how about a, a note that would, would, that would give, give a person an orgasm? Why wouldn't you be pursuing yeah. that rather than the brown note? <laughs> Let's fund that, please. Yes. The brown note. No, thanks. Yeah. Don't go fund the brown note. <laughs> nope. That's my recommendation to you. <laughs> nope. No, thank you. Uh, in emails today, uh, we get a note from Ted, who actually spent time in McMurdo Station in Antarctica, going back to their discussion of the Antarctic um, economy, or the lack thereof. And he says it is actually a small town. It has a couple of bars and a store and a bowling alley and a gym, two climbing walls, which I thought was excessive. Probably <laughs> one climbing wall would be enough. <laughs> and he talks about some of the interesting things about living there, like uh, how do you adjust to having 24 hour daylight? And, uh, the cafeteria has a fourth meal that they call mid rats, which leads to a lot of weight gain when you have a whole nother meal for the day. Yeah. I think that would be fairly deadly for me. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. When which you, if, there's, you can't fall asleep and then there's an extra meal. Mm -hmm. That's, that's not good. Yeah. And you can't go anywhere no. except the climbing wall. You yeah, gotta climb off that really fourth meal. <laughs> and of course, this takes us to weight talk. And uh, Luke wants to share that this is the time of the year when we're at our skinniest, according to a study from Withings. And how long until they do just start paying him? They should. Really? He's giving them a lot of free publicity. And so Andrew talks about how he would like to kind of keep his weight at at this level at least if not lower but uh so that when he goes to the secrets resort in Costa Rica secrets uh, the name of which secrets. makes me never want to go to that resort no there's some there's going to be some business going on there i Ugh. 
I don't. Yeah, that I is a go. swingers resort, one hundred percent. Secrets. <laughs> Adult only, no kids, but not weird. I mean, that sounds great, minus the swinging part. Right. Yeah. Yeah. True. But he's really concerned about keeping the weight down before they go there, and Luke offers to get with the Withings people and have them send him a scale and uh, a watch, I guess. And I don't know. I felt a little weird about this conversation. Like, maybe this should be a private conversation between the two of them off air. Agreed. (laughs) And he says that it turns out it's probably healthier not to weigh oneself all the time, which uh, I find to be true for myself, just mentally. It's not good for me physically in that I get heavier, but at least I don't know about it. So I don't hate myself quite as much. It's so easy to get obsessed when when you do start doing that. And yeah. Yeah, is it, I just think mentally it's not healthy. I think you're right on that. I like no. to track things. You know, I've got my little watch and I track all my workouts and all this stuff, but I don't weigh myself anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very rarely. It My weight hasn't changed much since I was about 14 anyway, so I'm not too worried about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, when you weigh yourself every day, I was doing that for a while and I would obsess. I'd, I'd gain half a pound and be like, oh, no. There was a, a little awkward conversation at the doctor on Wednesday um, because they have to, you know, take your vitals and all that stuff. And, and the nurse said, well, um, how much do you weigh? And I hadn't you know, weighed myself <laughs> oh, in a yeah, while. Oh yeah, you've lost course, some weight, huh? Right, right. And I was like, well, I was about 195 and now this leg is gone. So however... <laughs> <laughs> 195 minus a, a Minus shin. that, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know how much that is, so. I didn't go to the doctor for a long time. I mean, I don't have any... Um, real physical problems, but I didn't go because I knew that they would weigh me when I got there and I was just ashamed and I didn't want to talk about it. And I was discussing this with my mom once, who's the nurse. And she said, well, Anne, just tell them that you declined to be weighed. And I said, you can do that? And she said, yeah, just yeah. tell them I declined to be weighed. So I went to the doctor and I said to the nurse, I'd like to decline to be weighed today. And she looks at me and she says, I really need you to get on the scale. And I was Aww. like, okay. Oh. It was really a terrible experience. I never went back to that clinic again. Yeah. Yeah. And I always think that they should, like, it should be like at the circus or whatever, where they guess your weight, where, like, you get on there and you're wearing your, your pants or your cargo shorts and you got your, your keys and your wallet are in there and, you know, you, you're, you got a sweatshirt on or whatever. I mean, they should eyeball that and take off however many pounds. Isn't that how they used to do that in the old days of TBTL when they did their weights every night? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they like they would just subtract three pounds from whatever right. they weighed. At least three pounds for your clothes. If you're if you're a guy, even if you're like a tall fellow like me, I mean, you should be subtracting probably five pounds for all the bullshit I've got to wear just to leave the house without disgusting anyone. They do that at my doctor's office. They'll take a couple pounds off. Oh, man. Yeah. And I usually wear like, I consciously wear like very light, you know, flip flops and light yeah. shorts and a t-shirt. Take <laughs> my too. contacts out. <laughs> Go right after I get a haircut. Spit into a cup a few times. <laughs> Don't eat that day. Yeah. All right. That does it for Wednesday. All right. My day, Thursday, twenty two, twenty three. a hunger for the Tangney. Uh, Andrew and Tom Tangney, uh, review first, <laughs> First, let's say having Tom Tangney on is a delight. Yes. And they had just got through uh, hosting um, 
Tom and Curl, no, Tom and yeah. Tom and John, John and Tom. Um, the Tom Tagney and John Curley show on Cairo. Andrew filled in for John Curley, and uh, there were um, probably seven hundred notifications on the Stens page about that. <laughs> um, you know, y'all can look at the page first, right, before you post. I don't know, just a thought. Uh, but it was entertaining to see the different way people were excited about Andrew being on on Cairo. Yeah. I didn't hear that. Uh, I think we got we got plenty on this show of of Andrew and Tom, mm-hmm. uh, because they are both super fast, high energy talkers. Mm-hmm. And sometimes Tom Tangney talks so fast you can't even understand it. At least I have trouble. Luke, yeah, or Andrew does that too sometimes. Yeah, and uh, so so having them together, you know, that one show is great, and they did a great job on the show. The first thing they did was talk about um, Tom's history on the show and reviewed Jen's defense of Home Alone, which I think Tom made her cry that night. Didn't we do that as a review? Yes, that was point? the show that Andrew brought when he was on LRB. That was his Oh, clip. really? Yeah, yeah, he's talked about it before earlier, yep. or just recently, about how that was his favorite show. Oh, yep. okay. I re-listened to that episode not that long ago. That was a great show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I remember um, I went and watched a couple of the shows that uh, this couple of the Christmas movies that Tom recommended and they were fantastic, like old movies. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an interesting discussion about host pairings, like how they pair hosts on Cairo. They try to get uh, the, the um, super conservative guy and then the ultra liberal guy um, and no women you'll notice. Oh, Cairo. heavens no. Why would you do that? <laughs> uh, and and I think that's that's what they have to do on commercial radio because you've got such a short tune-in time for most people, and you got to grab them, and you got to shake them, and you got to like make them feel something real fast because you only have fifteen twenty minutes for the average person. So you've got to have John Curley being adamant about something and Tangney strongly disagreeing about it. And I think that's fine for commercial radio, but. Um, you know, and and I don't think Tom Tangney gives much of a crap about podcasts, but I don't think he'd given much thought when he said that like Luke and Andrew they fall in the same basket; they're the same type of person. Well, that is true. I mean, in a podcast setting, you do want—I mean, if you're going to listen for an hour, hour and a half to two hours, uh, you need some people who are being reasonable with each other. Mm-hmm. But you don't want them to be exactly the same, which they certainly are not. I mean, they're both white middle-aged guys, but as far as being the same guy, if these were your friends and someone said, oh, Andrew and Luke, oh, I can't tell the difference. No, (laughs) No, that's not true at all. They're very different characters for sure. So uh, luckily Andrew corrected him about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really have no interest in that commercial radio model. I, as no. Luke no. calls it, white, angry white guy yelling, mm-hmm. uh, two angry white guys yelling. That's even less interesting to me. I, I don't tune in to hear conflict. I, that's why I'm a public radio listener. Yeah. That's why I stopped listening to WTF. Yeah. Yeah. Too much, too much anger. It's two angry white guys talking about comedy, which is even worse. Uh, I think personally, I think John Curley brings out the worst in everyone. He, um, He's probably a good match in that in that commercial radio thing with with any of these guys, but I think he brings out the worst in Tom Tangney because Tom is actually very reasonable, like kind of down the middle guy, but he just can't abide 
uh, John Curley's bullshit. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it turns into what Cairo needs. So it, it, it turns, uh, turns the good programming for them. Um, Andrew, like I said earlier, Andrew and Tom Tang are probably a, a poor match in the long run. And I think whatever producer or wh- whoever, uh, questioned that, like said, hmm, those two, hmm, <laughs> was probably right. Really? But yeah. They got by with it for a day, and I'm sure it was great because Andrew probably kept kept his own pace in in check. And he remembered uh, very kindly uh, Tom showing him the ropes uh, when he was a a younger, when not when he was younger, but when he um, came over to Cairo and he came from public radio and was baffled by the way they did business. Uh, the other guys tried to explain stuff to him and it wasn't successful, but Tom was able to get through to him. And, and partially, I think it's because Tom is a teacher and he, I guess he said, mentioned in passing that he had been running the internship program in Cairo for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. So he knew how to talk to people and teach them, uh, not only basic things, but take them beyond. So. Um, I really like Tom. I don't, I don't, I don't know if he's ever listened to one minute of TBTL. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cause he seems like a very busy guy. And, uh, but I really like him when he is on the show just because intellectually he adds a lot, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought it was really interesting to hear a little bit more about his background because I only ever knew him as the Cairo movie guy. Mm-hmm. And to hear about his experience with the news desk and the internship program that uh, he's a interesting person. Yeah. Uh, he reviewed some movies, uh, Birth of a Nation, which I think Cullen went to yesterday and, and, and Emily wants to go to. Um, and an, another movie called American Honey, which stars a girl who, uh, is, goes to the school at which I was Ubering and lifting everyone around. Uh-huh. Um, which I don't know. Um, and then he reviewed another movie, but all these reviews of movies I haven't seen and maybe will not see kind of went by for me. Do, do you guys have any thoughts on the movies? Mm, I probably won't see either of them. I have a hard time mm. with movies that deal with race relations um, because I feel so terrible mm-hmm. when I go see them. Like, um, I don't know if Django Unchained falls into uh, this category, but what the 12 years a slave, I knew that I couldn't watch that because I would just be an absolute mess. And I did go to see Selma because I thought I should. And I cried mm-hmm. four times during that movie, including the opening credits. So yeah. it's like, I just, I just can't handle yeah. uh, people being so awful to other people like, that. Oh, I so. watched Selma on a plane. Oh, oh. no, Meredith. I know. <laughs> it's terrible. I mean, it was a good movie, but I was a mess. Yeah, it was a great movie, but, uh, I, I think the message of Selma was about how the human spirit can persevere and triumph over adversity. And the message that I took away from it was that people are awful. People are awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, when you're crying on the plane, which I did during Wally, uh, like, they're coming down the aisle, you know, do you want a snack? Like, no, it's okay. <laughs> I'll just have some tomato juice. <laughs> Do you have any of those cookies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, uh, sad movies on a plane. No, no, never, okay. never again. Because I, I get sad even during non-sad movies on a plane. So maybe no movies on a plane. Uh, Andrew 
feels bad about the audio blowout the day before, which I didn't hear, I guess, because I fast forwarded through the commercial, which was, it was during a, during an ad. Did you, did I you heard it. Hear? I you heard it. Yeah. It was upset. It was really loud. <laughs> <laughs> and I even knew it was coming and it startled me. Well, Lynn, Lynn put the screen up, you know, the, the audio. Yeah. And yeah, that looked rough. I'm glad I missed it. It was. And usually once a snafu is pointed out, they fix it right away. But I didn't listen to it till the next day and it was still a, a problem then. Mm. Yeah. My file must have downloaded before they fixed it and it didn't right. replace. Um, Luke appears on the Your Last Meal podcast with uh, Rachel Bell. And we were talking about that in our chat uh, last night. And I think a lot of us are planning to listen to that. Um, I know Bobby's given a lot of thought to his last meal. He's <laughs> He talked about it on Takedown and he published it, you know, publicly. And it was about 14,000 calories. <laughs> so I guess he wants to feel super shitty when they take him out. I don't know. I, I, I just, I hate feeling full and then feeling full and then knowing I'm going to die. That'd be he like, he just wants to way. embrace the, the relief of the release. Of oh, that, yeah. Yeah. That actually, point. that probably is, it would be a good thing. It's like, yeah, please take me away me. from this bloated belly. I got, yeah. <laughs> I got to go. And then maybe it's your final revenge because, uh, they're going to have to deal with that. Right. <laughs> they're gone. Right. You playing your own brown note. Yeah. Um, Audio postcard from a stranded Luke. Uh, he got really upset. Talking oh, he's about- so mad. You can tell he's trying to keep a lid on it, but he's still so mad. I I sort of agree with him on this one. I mean, I know they all have their procedures, but Christ, you know. I mean, aside from all his like perfect first class dreams and all this, <laughs> just for anyone, that experience would have to be frustrating. Seeing yeah. someone just. Just get one, just get one of their wheels off the runway in their stupid little plane that they couldn't mm-hmm. quite control. And the runway is still wide open, but they have to bring, you know, protocol demands. All of the emergency vehicles come out and the whole runway has to get inspected again. And, and then, you know, watching the people straggle back to the plane. And, um, I, I have a pretty good idea. You know, he was wondering like, where would these people go or whatever? When they told you to get off that plane, you knew you weren't going anywhere for a while. So some of these people, they they might have gotten home, or they might have gone out to a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, only Luke was sticking close because he really had to go. You know, <laughs> um, he is in the hotel where he had originally met Charlton Heston, which led to some some Charlton Heston talk. Uh, I was a big fan when I was a kid. All the Heston films were, you know, the they were the big TV blockbusters. And and some, to some extent, the uh, motion picture blockbusters of the day, all Planet of the Apes films, Ben-Hur, of course. He forgot Omega Man, which who could forget Omega Man? And right, Soil- Soylent Green. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Uh, anyway, I got a little upset that he said he took a shot at Charlton Heston, even though, you know, I don't agree with the man's politics. His movies were amazing. Um, Andrew gives Tom Tangney a chance to choose a song. <laughs> For donors, and he I goes to Tom. a show tune, uh, and the show tune is from uh, the musical Hair, and the song is called "What a Piece of Work Is Man." And and yes, I agree. What a piece of work is the man who would choose this <laughs> as the song for donors, and it made me appreciate Coffee Lover. That's how bad uh, they used it on Friday too. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. And if I hear it again. Um, I don't know. 
might be looking for a new host here. I, I don't know if I can take <laughs> it. That it seems like I'm being trolled. Show yeah. tunes. No. 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 Um, there's an email about sound branding. The, uh, I guess Harley Davidson has branded their particular annoying uh, brand of, of uh, exhaust. Yeah, I hate them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate them and I hate anyone else. I don't understand why is it necessary to idle the Harley for 15 minutes before you leave? Mm. If you just wanted to start it and go, whatever. Your neighbors might might like you if you started your Harley and left. How are you going to tell everyone how cool you are Yeah, if you don't rev it for 10 minutes first? Yeah. Uh, Last email. Well, emails, of course, when you start talking about cats um, in the TBTL (laughs) community, the emails start pouring in. So there was a... There were a deluge of emails about Professor Bananas, which I guess got through the GoDaddy system somehow. <laughs> they went to Andrew, not to Luke. That's true. That's true. Luke is still down, but uh, Andrew got all his Professor Bananas emails. And, uh, and of course, I'm, I'm sure he'll come up with the right solution because you, you can't have a cat peeing in your closet. You can have no. a cat shitting no. in your closet, maybe, but not peeing in your closet. I'm going to say no to either of those. I would take the shit, though, honestly. Yes. It's easier to clean up. Any animal shit almost over urine because yep. of because of the consequences, the cleaning consequences. I mean, the shit is worse in the moment, but uh, yes, peeing. I'll take peeing. And we can do an Insta poll on the LRB page or something. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> animal shit or animal urine. What it depends on the animal, though. You know, cat, cat urine has something like nine times the ammonia of dog yeah. urine. So that's why it's so awful to get rid of. That's true. That's true. All right. That's all I had for Thursday. All right. Friday, 2224. Pal pens you. Uh, Phyllis is on. Yay. Yay. Andrew's keyboard is broken. He doesn't have a U or a question mark. (laughs) And he has a real hard time Googling computer repair. Um, I had two thoughts right away. One was, why don't you just use your phone? Yes. Uh, Number two was search for PC repair. Mm Mm-hmm. Those don't have any use. Uh, he called one rude dismissive PC tech and uh, decided not to go with them and went with a more polite guy. Um, I think it is pretty funny that they keep uh, pronouncing words without use, though. Yes, uh, I, I was like giggling that. throughout this. I enjoyed Phyllis's diagnosis that Professor Bananas was using the keyboard as a toilet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. Um Andrew loves public radio funding, and he doesn't understand why public radio shit talks itself all the time when they're doing fundraising. And I know Andrew and Phil are both in the same camp here in in that they love the fundraisers, but I don't think most of us do. No. Nope. We turn the station. We turn it. With all due respect, and Phyllis, you are the queen of fundraising. I just, I don't love listening to it either. (laughs) But you're not on my radio station, so maybe if you were. But I do agree with the sentiment that um, we all hate it. We know we hate it. They don't have to talk about how much they hate doing it or, or how much we hate hearing it because they're just reinforcing my, um, I might get to change the channel even faster given their hatred. <laughs> well, yeah, they're just spending more time talking about fundraising, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> don't talk about how much we hate it because just, just do it and get it over with. Right. Cause uh, it, cause it's like anything you hate. The more you talk about it or think about it, the more you dread it. Mm-hmm. So if you just don't think about it and then, oh, God, the thing started, the fundraiser started, you're like, shit, here it is, you know. You didn't and it, dread it and maybe this time you'll say, oh, maybe I'll give something yeah. and I don't know, just and shut them up. My, my whole problem with fundraising is is not that they're fundraising. 
It's that there's just limited content to fundraising. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. they do a week or two weeks or whatever, and it's different people saying the same thing over and over and over, which just gets old. Yeah. Um, Luke says that he feels embarrassed about us giving him money, um, and and that they hope that it will make him feel less shame in the future. Not proud, but less shame. <laughs> I think that's an <laughs> right. older quote. I think he's gotten gotten more comfortable with it. I mean, we do tell him all the time. I mean, the money should tell him, but we do actually tell mm-hmm. him all the time how much we enjoy his show. So Yeah, and it probably helps that the money's going to APM now instead of directly to them. Right, right, because right. it just felt like... Yeah, and, transferring and, money into his PayPal account, and and he would he would get the occasional person and be like, well, you know, I I give all this money and then I don't want to hear sports talk or right. something, mm-hmm. and he and he would get really mad about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Or they would, people would try to um, pass judgment on how they spent the money. So anytime Luke brought up the boat, yeah, yes. he'd get an email right. saying, "How dare you spend my money on a boat?" Uh-huh. Right, right, yeah. Don't give if you're gonna. Be like that. I do want to give Phyllis props for calling him out for, for going negative on TBTL. Though. Mm-hmm. That was pretty good. I, I appreciate that she's an advocate for us listeners face to face. Um, Phyllis tells an awesome story, which we've heard about in our chat, but it's still super interesting about how her Soviet pen pal found her on Facebook and sent her uh, a picture of them together from 1989. Um, they, exchange letters and she's kept all of them it sounds like she has a huge box of the stuff the letters and the the trinkets and the things that that he sent her um and then she tells us about the exchange trip that she went on and to stay with alex and how alex's dad was a big shot and made sure that phyllis got to stay at their house instead of at a hotel Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't know i might have been more comfortable at the hotel um personally but i think it's cool that he was trying to fight for her um she had a pretty awesome caricature drawn and uh, there's a photo of Alex with his arm around her looking kind of uh, a little bit more uh, relationshipy <laughs> than it was mm-hmm. <laughs> actually <laughs> sounds like. Um, and yeah. So, and your note about, about uh, Phyllis's husband. <laughs> yes. How she sent the picture of Gus, wasn't it? Uh, at the yeah, where bar mitzvah they went mm-hmm. to. Yeah. So, uh, Gus was appropriately attired and, uh, the pen pal's reaction was, your husband is Jew? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the backstory behind that is, um, the, her pen pal dad seemed like he was kind of fancy in, in Soviet Russia, which was just about to fall when they were right. pen pals. And, uh, Phyllis got the impression, I don't know if, if she did back then or was just through the years looking at all this stuff, that that family was Jewish, but not openly Jewish because that right. wasn't a good thing to be in Soviet Russia. And then the wall fell and, uh, the, what, what she gathered is that they were able to come out, um, with their Judaism and her, her pen pal was super excited to to see that her Phyllis's husband might have actually been Jewish, um, right? Because Gus, because little Gus was wearing the yarmulke, and uh, you know, I thought, I thought, well, she should perpetuate this. Yes, yes, yes. I married a Jew, and then when they <laughs> they finally meet, it's like a sitcom, and Josh has to pretend to be Jewish. <laughs> Phyllis has to pretend to have converted or something, but but uh, it was a really sweet story. Uh, yeah. Them them. Uh, 
talking to each other again. Cause Phyllis, you know, she, she loves, she, she treasures her past and she has all, a lot of stories and she had all of this memorabilia and she's, you know, putting it all back together. And it's, uh, it was really sweet. It was a really heartwarming story to share. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to how the egg council creeps have gotten to Lenny. We learn about how a company called Just Mayo, or used to be called Just Mayo, Vegan Mayo is being sued by Unilever and because they want, they don't include eggs in their mm-hmm. mayo because it's vegan. The egg council uh, fought this campaign to destroy them <laughs> because if this catches on, uh, what, wh- who's ever going to buy an egg again? Mm-hmm. I'm behind Unilever. Let's crush vegan mayo. Yeah, vegan mayo is disgusting. <laughs> oh, regular mayo is kind of disgusting too. I didn't know what mayo was until I started working in a restaurant when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. I think I've mentioned this before. I was a prep cook for a while. And one of the things we made, we made our own mayo for some dumb reason. Mm. And it, it, it just meant, you know, cra- thousands and thousands of egg yolks and, mm-hmm. and gallons of oil and just yeah. mixing them together. And that's all it is. Yep. It's true. And it's delicious, but it only in, only in, you know, Doses, I think. Uh, it's only delicious if you call it aioli. Then it's uh, right. boring. <laughs> you Fancy. put one more ingredient in it and call it something else. <laughs> Poor Phyllis is about to throw up every time they talk about mayo. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And Andrew would not stop. He I know. kept using phrases like gloppy white stuff. And Phyllis is over there going, well, she, <laughs> she wasn't blameless with her list of acceptable mayo situations too though because they did keep talking about it yeah yeah. for two people who hate it you'd think you just you know let's not talk about yeah i don't have any problem with mayo i don't have any problem with ranch none of that stuff really bothers me but Mm -mm. i get it people have strong opinions about food don't have to eat anything you don't want to eat um and to keep phyllis's stomach settled let's move on to (laughs) Uh, Atlas Obscura article about the apartments above New York City libraries. This was really fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't know these things existed. I've one of my best friends in Dallas uh, is a law librarian. She got her JD in New York, or worked in New York, and then uh, decided she hated that and went back to library school. So she was the perfect person to talk to about this. And I sent her that article, and she didn't even know about these. Um, but that's definitely a, a, a cool article to check out if you want to see it. They post a, a bunch of pictures. Um, of these, I, I kind of love looking at pictures of abandoned spaces from the past. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting to see the the artifacts that people have left behind. And and this wasn't that long ago. There was a there was one of the pictures is of a Time magazine cover, and it was something about women in the '90s. Can they have it all? And it's a woman <laughs> with these like great huge shoulder pads carrying a baby. You know, wearing a business suit and holding a baby. Kind of a fun. They should have. They should have found a way to hollow out some of those shoulder pads so you could put like two babies on your shoulders <laughs> if you really wanted to have it all like twins. There was certainly enough room in those things. I know. There's plenty of room. And the other thought I had is like, this could be amazing real estate. This is in Manhattan. Why isn't someone snatching this up and developing it yeah. into luxury lofts? Because it's pretty awesome, uh, and it's just empty right now. I'm not saying they should destroy these relics, but I'm surprised no one hasn't. Uh, we get an email encouraging them to continue with the push challenge. <laughs> oh, please, for the love of God, people, just don't stop sending yeah. emails about the push-up challenge. Andrew is still chugging on. It sounds like he's trying to get his form right. So I admire him for that. But I quit a long time ago. I hate push-ups. I thought maybe I would learn to love them, but I hate them. Push-ups are for for lockdown prisoners. That's all they're for. Yeah, when you have no equipment to work with, right? <laughs> 
you can't have heavy weights in prison, so you have to lift yourself. Yes, I mean, yeah, exactly, exactly. They do something else. Don't be a don't be a lockdown prisoner. Do something else. Yeah. Uh, music for your weekend. Phyllis gives us Echo and the Bunnymen, Ocean Rain, which is a song that she had sent to her pen pal. She sent him that album, so mm-hmm. that was fun to listen to. Andrew gives us uh, Nadia, maybe. Uh, the song was called The Hungriest. And then listener Graham gives us from f- Friends and Family a song called Mind is Boiling Water. All right. Uh, so um, that's it for the week. Um, housekeeping. Uh, have we, have we gotten any, anyone uh, getting us out of any jams this week? Yes. Thank you so much to Andrea Ballard, who did just that. She got us out of a couple of jams. And if you're not tapped out from giving all your money to an ex-con already, you can give some to us too. <laughs> hey, where do I see this wooden Andrew boat did. that I'm getting? <laughs> I told Duff you had your boats picked out and he's like, he's not saying that so listeners can hear, is he? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we have his yeah. and hers wooden boats, just some nice crisscross. Engine's not really working so well in either one, but we're going to get that straightened around. If we just get a little more contribution. A sweet deal from a guy in Seattle? Yeah, a guy named Jerry is going <laughs> to fix fix him up for us. Awesome. Uh, we are very close to getting current with the archive. Uh, uh we are assigning weeks from August 2016. We're almost getting current. So continue to do your weeks. That doesn't mean they're all done until that point. It just means they're out there to be mm-hmm. archived. So continue on that. We'll get current really soon if everyone chips in. Um, and I don't know if it's still going on, but you can maybe try going voting for the best of Western, best of Western Washington. <laughs> I think it is. I think it's through the end of the month. Yeah, I need okay. to do that. I haven't even done that. That's what a jerk what? I am. Yeah, Vote I'm for doing yourself. it right after this. this I'm gonna, I'm gonna wheel wheel over in my wheelchair to my little computer, and I'm gonna just get in there and vote for us. Vote for us and vote for Phyllis. Yep. And for Phyllis, of course, Phyllis. I'll vote for Phyllis first. Yeah. Don't do it for us. Do it for Phyllis. Right. <laughs> If you'd like to get involved with the show, uh, please come to littleredbandwagon.com and fill out the form to bring your clip and discuss your love for the show. We'd love to have you. Uh, you can get a hold of us on Facebook. The show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com, and you can send us a voicemail or a text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And I do not know the status of Nerd Out Loud. I assume they'll get back to it anytime now. It was uh, Ellie's birthday uh, party yesterday. So um, I'm sure we'll get some some cute pictures from that on mm-hmm. uh, on Jeremy's Facebook page. But uh, yeah, they've been uh, super busy um, creating that content that they're going to um, release to the world. Um, I think that's it for this week. Uh, we're wrapping up the GoFundMe. It shouldn't be up for, for so much very long. So if, uh, if you really want to contribute to the well-being of, uh, me and my family, um, go to little red bandwagon slash Mike. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, that be up for a couple more days and then we'll, we'll take it down. But thank yeah, you. Yeah, we're almost there. We can totally reach that goal, I think. Yeah. If you're one of those people that always gives on the last day of the pledge drive, eh, maybe now it's time to think about it. Yeah. I can't, um, talk about or even think about that thing without crying. So, um, <laughs> the crying has to stop at some point. So you're just uh, so excited for those boats. 
I am. I can't wait. Someone's going to snatch up those boats if I don't hurry up. And uh, Anyway, that's it for uh, today. Um, I love you all. And um, no mountain too tall. No, no. What is it we say? Um, no mountain too tall. Until next time, uh, this is the next party. And we love you, Jen. <laughs> Let's both do nailed it then. Okay. One, two, three. Nailed Nailed it. it.